Hello, I am Katrina Collier, and as part of my mission to inspire all the people that recruit people to treat people better, I bring you the Hiring Partner Perspective Unedited podcast. Here, you will hear from those hiring leaders who create true partnerships with recruiters, HR, and talent acquisition because they know that it delivers a better result for the business and a better human experience. May this podcast inspire other hiring leaders to create better partnerships with their recruiters in HR. And may it inspire recruiters to create true and valuable partnerships with their hiring leaders because people make businesses succeed and people matter. So let us begin. Welcome to the Hiring Partner Perspective, proudly supported by the beautiful people at WorkDrive. Welcome. So lovely to have you here. Well, thank you, Katrina. Happy to be here. I know. I'm super excited because, of course, you were referred, of course, as all my hiring partners are. They have to be the best in the game. So super excited to talk to you. Um, I was really curious. Um, how did you end up in the gaming industry? It sounds very cool, but I was kind of curious <laughs> if you fell into it like we all do into recruitment or if you planned it or what No, happened? no. It's actually been a passion of mine since I was, uh, well, uh, since I was like six or seven. I played my first game oh. and I uh, totally fell in love with it. And uh, it's only later when I went to university, uh, I was mm-hmm. uh, studying communication uh, and there was this, um, well, a side topic uh, called gaming and um so I, d- I decided to join and I never thought that it could actually turn into a career, but uh, I've always worked <laughs> in, in, in games and um, yeah, I, I, I think I will do that for the rest of my life. I just love it. Yeah. What is it about it that draws you in so much? I mean, and also I'm, I'm aging myself. Was it the old, you know, the Nintendo Game Boy thing, you know, the little consoles we had? Yeah, was it, it was the little yeah. consoles. Yeah, indeed. That was so cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, actually... Um, it was the, the story element. Uh, I, I'm a, yeah, an avid reader, um, but also games um, yeah, bring this story element and, and it becomes interactive. And I really felt like falling into an adventure, playing the main part uh, in that adventure. And um, also, um, yeah, visually, I thought it was very appealing. Uh, and it's also an industry that's um, yeah, changing so fast. It's always innovating. Uh, so it's never boring. <laughs> no. And I was reading it's doing quite well. The yes. pandemic has definitely helped the, pen, the yes, gaming it does. industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of those. And it, has, it, it really has been, hasn't it? One of those things that's all about what industry you're in as to how your pandemic's going. Yeah, yeah. I think I, uh, I picked the yeah. right one because, uh, <laughs> yeah, at Game House, uh, where I work, um, yeah, we didn't see a drop. Um, well, people are at home playing games, uh, maybe even more than ever. So, yeah, mm. I'm, I'm in the right industry. Yeah. Totally. Um, you are in quite a male-dominated industry, if I'm right. I was reading, yeah, 46% of gamers are actually women, yeah, I believe. Correct. Yeah. What's it been like being in a male-dominated environment, though? Or is Game House not like that? Well, let's start with when I started. It's already 15 years ago. I started as a game journalist, so I would get games oh. uh, yeah, from publishers, uh, play them, uh, give my opinion. Uh, oh, that is so cool. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was. And, um, yeah, I must say at that time I was one of the few, uh, female, uh, game journalists in the Netherlands. And I really felt like proving myself, uh, well, a lot of my colleagues wouldn't believe I was a gamer too. Um, so it always felt like having to prove myself even more, um, not being seen as an equal partner in conversations. Um, but yeah, well, I'm a fighter, <laughs> so I fought my way in. 
uh, and I'm still here. But uh, yeah, if I look back, uh, it has brought me a lot, uh, being able to fight for it. Uh, mm. But I'm at a point now where I feel uh, yeah, that, that isn't necessary anymore. And I must say at Game House, uh, well, we create games uh, mainly for a female audience. Yeah, uh, so I saw that. So cool. Yeah, we're very focused on, uh, well, this audience. But we do have still 25% women, 75% men in the company. Right. And I'm on a mission to also change that. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Tell me more. Um, <laughs> what what the the listener didn't hit see was my monumental eye roll <laughs> when you said <laughs> I wasn't taken seriously and I had to fight. Oh, it's, it is a bit exhausting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But well, what, what can we do? What can we, how can we create this diversity? How can we get women into the gaming industry, for example? Well, I think big, for, big question. Yeah, it is a very big question. Well, <laughs> I, I expect you to answer in the next 26 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think how I look at it, um, I think for me, it's not about male, female, uh, black, white, uh, young, old. Yeah. Uh, what we really want to, uh, yeah, uh, our vision is that we believe that having a diversity of stories, uh, mm. different perspectives, uh, that that's going to create yeah, an environment where we are more creative, uh, where we are more uh, innovative. So for me, it's really about people being in touch with themselves, the feminine, masculine side, um, being vulnerable. Um, if that means more women, uh, yeah, I'm totally fine with it, but it truly means for me, people who want to be real, uh, who want to contribute, uh, who have good communication skills, uh, empathy, uh, are in touch with themselves and dare to be themselves at work, uh, with all the discussions that will arise, because I think, yeah, sometimes we're too nice to each other. Uh, yeah, I think having heated discussions for the good of the product or for the good of the company, I think that's really something that I um, yeah, want to go towards. Yeah. I love the vulnerability. Yeah. I, I do feel the pandemic has almost helped with that in a way because yeah, people suddenly feel it's okay. Yeah. To open. How do you encourage that at work? That's so not one of the questions I sent you over. <laughs> Told you I'd go off. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. Um, well, we have something very special at, at the Game House. Uh, we wanted to find a language uh, in which we can uh, learn more about ourselves, but also uh, about each other. And we used the Enneagram for that. It's sort of a personality typing uh, oh, yeah. tool. Uh, well, what we don't want to do is put people in a certain personality type, mm -hmm. but uh, it's really more showing. Uh, that you have a whole toolbox of different personalities um, and you can take the strengths of one um, and work on your uh, well weaknesses, but being open about it. So for us, yeah. I'm, for example, a type one. It's more a perfectionist. So yeah. my danger is I tend to, uh, well, work very hard, uh, but also feel that others should have a certain standard. But <laughs> if other people know that of me, they can tell me, hey, Iris, stop being your type one at the moment. Uh, but mm. what it do did for us at GameHouse is that um, yeah, it created more self-awareness uh, mm. and also more uh, openness toward others. So um, yeah, it also shows your vulnerable side because you yeah. have to see what you can improve, but also yeah. see in others how they, um, yeah, what makes them tick and uh, take that into account when you work with them. Yeah. I think that helps with the recruiting as well. Yeah. I actually remember going back, because I've been working a lot longer than you, um, someone saying to me, you know what your problem is, Katrina, you're a perfectionist. And it was exactly what you said. It's okay to have really good work, but you can't get irritated that everybody else isn't yeah, delivering yeah. to your standard, which is ridiculously over the top sometimes. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> it's actually really handy to have that mirrored back. And then 
I've also been talking to people about like, it's okay to only be good at some things as well. For some reason, people think they have to be good at everything. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So um, Alla Pavlova was very kind to refer you, as I said at the beginning. Um, And she says your new role, because it's it's, you've you've defected a weenie bit, is an advisor to the CEO and hiring managers on company culture, diversity and hiring, transparency, oh, sorry, transparent processes and so on. How did that all come about and... You know, what's your hope for the direction of the role as you go forward? Yeah, well, it's actually, um, I started as a producer, a world project manager within Game House, so really working on creating the games. Mm. Um, but due to a reorganization, uh, well, my team was uh, sort of disbanded. And then I found myself, well, being able to find a role within Game House, which was, mm-hmm. first of all, very cool. I wasn't just uh, <laughs> thrown out. <laughs> um, and I've always been, um, uh, yeah, very much... I wanted to be part of the decisions being made for the direction of the company. Um, yeah. And I always felt very uh, attracted to that. I also took part in the culture team that we initiated. Um, and then suddenly it clicked in my head, like I actually want to make an impact on a company level, not on a, a product level anymore, but really on a company level. And uh, another colleague at that time was going through the same uh, sort of well mental process. Uh, so we uh, teamed up. <laughs> And we felt like, yeah, then we need to start uh, with the core of the company. So what is our purpose? What do we stand for? What are our values? Uh, what culture do we actually have? But what is the culture that we aspire uh, to have in the future? And um, yeah, we've been doing that now almost two years. Um, Wonderful. And what it has brought at the moment is uh, much more clarity for the company uh, towards who we want to be and where we want to go towards, but also in a recruitment process. So. Yeah, what talent do we want to have within our company and what matches the culture that we uh, yeah, envision? Um, so it's, um, yeah, we're still not done. And we will never be done. <laughs> no. but well, it probably ebbs and flows, doesn't yeah. it? As, the, as you know, the products change to match the market, then the company yeah. changes. And Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, at the moment, um, yeah, we're uh, reinventing what we call our talent journey. Uh, so it's also about our positioning and awareness. So yeah, what do people see when they first hear or type in Game House? Mm-hmm. Um, but also the whole journey from that first moment uh, to the recruitment process, to the onboarding, to growing within the company, and also when you well, leave again, uh, Game yeah. House. So um, yeah, and then all these elements come into play. Like yeah, what what type of talent do we need in the company? What do we want in the company? And do we actually? higher in that way or are we still yeah. far from it <laughs> yeah yeah it is a journey isn't it it's funny some of the stuff you just said i wrote about in my book the robot proof recruiter about that from the moment they type in your company name yeah like, <laughs> what are they saying because yeah. wow some companies get that wrong <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so uh, have you have you found the transition hard personally do you how have you grown through that? Sorry, that's really personal, but I'm curious. No, I like personal whether questions. Whether you sort of shocked, whether you were shocked and went, oh, or you just went, do you know what? If you really want to do something, leap. Well, it was a, um, it really felt like it clicked. Like, yeah, this is where I add most value. And mm. when I was a project manager, I was always, yeah, sort of trying to pull people uh, to follow <laughs> the process or the project or uh, work towards the deadline. And this feels very natural. So I gain a lot of energy from it because it comes very natural. And I can also um, yeah, work for my strengths uh, because it's much more, um, yeah, my feminine side. There were before I worked more for my 
masculine side, like yeah. deadlines and, and progress and uh, performance. Um, this is much more from a human um, side um, and it comes more natural. Um, so yeah, I, get, I gain a lot of energy from it. But on the other hand, I also came to the realization um, I'm always in the future already. Yeah. Um, but you have to work with people who are in the present. So mm. I took a, a class in change management, also personal leadership. Like, how can I get people along with my ideas for the future? Um, yeah. So I'm learning still a lot there. That, that's the challenge for me. Yeah. But I think that's that's wonderful. Somewhere, some people just decide to stop learning. I think we should always be learning. I want to be learning when I'm 100. I <laughs> hope so. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's very important, isn't it? Yeah. Kind of crazy. So what have you found when you've sort of slept, slept, stepped into even? Can you tell it's Monday morning? Um, <laughs> stepped into the advisor role. What, what challenges have you found there? Because you did mention right at the beginning, so not being heard. Yeah. And I, actually, cheekily, I'd love some tips because I think, feel it will help other people if you've learned something along those lines as well. Yeah, I think um, I really, um, yeah, also for my personality, I felt like, yeah, this is the truth, the truth. And this is what we should do. And I try to enforce my truth upon the other mm-hmm. while I'm really learning now uh, to listen and to ask questions and to also, um, yeah, have the other person through my questions reflect so much more in a coaching role. Yeah, um, yes. And I think that really helps. I'm still not very good at it. <laughs> I still feel sometimes my ideas are the best <laughs> and people yeah. should do them. But um, yeah, I have to work with people now and uh, they need to somehow start to see the direction where we're going, but it needs to come from themselves. And that's also what we believe at Gamehouse, that we want to create a team of intrinsically motivated people. Mm. So instead of forcing um, yeah, my way, um, I'm really trying to get it out of the people. And also, for example, uh, with management, uh, making sure that what we do connects to them. Uh, and mm-hmm. once they feel that, then they're in the forefront and they will uh, yeah. uh, pave the way. Uh, but trying to get on that level, I think there's the challenge and sometimes big disagreements, uh, but trying to find a way towards each other there. Um, yeah. Well, that's the daily challenge that I face. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? You think that people would naturally just want to do what they love, therefore are motivated, but obviously some people just want to pay the bills. True, yeah. So what about on the recruitment side? I mean, you yourself have have hired and because clearly you wouldn't be here otherwise. How did you go on a journey of becoming someone who went, you know, actually I will invest time with recruiters because it works better? Yeah. Or like, I imagine you didn't start that way initially. I don't know. Did you have a journey to that point? Well, I I am not a uh, well recruiter, but I work with recruiters in order for Mm. them to do their best, best possible job. So I see myself as the liaison between the recruiters, the hiring manager internally, and our CEO. Yeah. Um, and my personal role in there is to find that cultural fit, find talent yeah. that can add to the culture. So um, it comes very natural because uh, I can see from all the different perspectives. Um, and I think, um, yeah, where uh, I'm setting up the process at the moment, um, the challenges that I face is the communication between hiring managers and recruiters. Yeah. And also the opinion of our management, what they feel it should be, and trying to bring that closer and closer and closer. That that's really well my goal at the moment to mm. uh, to get to that. But uh, sometimes it works, and sometimes uh, we have uh, big discussions. What's the resistance? Well, in the big discussion, yeah, well, without giving too much away, no naming names, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so Bob, no, um, so, but what's the resistance to 
I think. I mean, I kind of understand, but I think lovely uh, to hear your perspective. I think the challenge at the moment is uh, what I mentioned before. Um, my goal is future oriented. So mm-hmm. we have set ourselves the goal in 2025 to be one of the best gaming companies to work at. Um, I love that. So I'm trying to envision yeah, what that looks like in 2025. Uh, but when I work with hiring managers, they need this person right now. So I think it's the uh, tension between short term and uh, mm-hmm. long term. And uh, I need to um, yeah, put myself in their shoes. Um, but I also need to take them along with me to also start to look more at cultural fit and where we want yeah. Yeah, those people that we hire now to also be in a couple of years from here. And I think that's a, a very big challenge. And I think we're getting there more and more. But um, yeah, sometimes, as you said before, it's uh, highs and lows. Um, mm. I think that's it's a healthy tension. Uh, but I feel sometimes um, hiring managers are too much on skills and yeah. I'm too much on culture. So yeah, <laughs> how can we find a middle ground there? To, um... Interviewing together should be great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can both have a different aspect to the person if you had all the hours that God sent to do that, of course. Yeah. But because that's where it's so important if the, you know, the hiring manager is to spend that time up front, yep. you know, talking to recruiters and spending time with them, then you get more of an understanding of the culture fit of the team exactly, and things yep. like that. Do you put all of that sort of um, like your ambition and where your purpose and all those sorts of things into your job descriptions and your conversations with candidates? Yeah. I don't see that happen very often. No, at the moment we're working on a, yeah, a completely new website because, well, our positioning, uh, well, was not good. <laughs> so we're very aware of that. So, um, yeah, at the moment we are, uh, really working towards, uh, creating a very strong positioning where our values, our purpose, uh, well, the pillars that we created Gamehouse on really come across, uh, and mm-hmm. also make it super clear that we want um, yeah, intrinsically motivated talent. And we started in our hiring process to have a culture, culture check. Uh, so me or, well, my colleague does that. And that's really about getting to know that person. So it's not about skills at all. It's really what motivates you. Uh, what are you looking for? Uh, and also uh, managing expectations. Like this is how we yeah, expect you to behave, to add value. Uh, mm-hmm. But also, yeah, the the expectations from the candidates that they also voice that uh, because we can also learn from that and um, yeah, see new perspectives and uh, adjust who we are as a company on that. So it's more of a dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a toughie as well, isn't it? Because the, the, in an interview, because there's such bizarre situations, aren't they? The candidate's probably a bit reluctant to fully say what motivates them Yeah. in case that's not what you want either. So. Yeah, but we found some... Uh, Tricks and uh, I'll go and share, share, share. <laughs> <laughs> Not too many because we don't want everyone else nicking this stuff. You need, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it, it's really about uh, yeah digging deeper. And uh, yeah, we noticed that they start the uh, the conversation a bit uh, uncomfortable, mm. um, but at the end, uh, yeah, usually uh, they leave very inspired. And often, if they join, they said, "Oh wow, it was actually a super valuable conversation to me because it really showed me." Uh, what Game House is about, but it didn't come across as a sales pitch. I really saw what you, yeah, what you said also in the other people that I spoke with, and now in the com- yeah, in the company, I recognize what you were talking about. So, yeah, it's it's a very honest conversation, and we are also honest about what doesn't work yet in our company. Um, yeah, because that's also what they need to know. It's not all uh, <laughs> peachy and rosy here. 
I know. And how refreshing it would be to go, we have this problem. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to come in and help us fix it? Well, that is <laughs> like, a question that we ask. Yeah, that is a question. Yeah. Like if it's connected to their role, we will tell them, this is what we struggle with. How would you go about it? Or how can you add value? And um, yeah. yeah, it shows also the and way... watch their little brains get ticking. Yeah, and, exactly. And then you know it's genuine, don't yeah, you? Yeah. It's funny, but that goes back to that vulnerability piece. There's such a fear about companies being vulnerable from a recruitment marketing or employer brand or, and I'm doing um, quotes and in the air, as anyone that knows me knows I will be doing from, but that concern that that will be impacted. But actually I think the more honest the conversation, the more positive it's impacted. Has that been your experience? Yeah, definitely. I think the most honest conversations were also, um, yeah, the people that, that showed that vulnerability and also curiosity. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's also what we look for. Like, yeah, you don't just join a company. It's going to be such a big part of your life. We want people that ask questions, that really try to understand what it's going to mean. Yeah, what does it mean for me to be in this company? What can I expect? But this is what I expect. Also explain that. Yeah. Have you coached your hiring managers to give them time to ask questions then? <laughs> <laughs> Working on it. <laughs> some of the reviews I've seen, not of, you, not of Game House. Sorry. Another, like, wow. It's one of the biggest negatives I see on yeah. the... Uh, reviews and didn't give me time to ask questions so yeah no we uh yeah as i said before it's it's a process but we um yeah we we see the added value of that and um even though we we don't have a a solid process yet what i do like is that we have our story straight so every person Mm. interviewing um yeah sees part of that story coming back in a different shape or form but um yeah it comes across as true what we say Um, yeah i love that I mean, yeah, it is. It's it's hard. I mean, interviewing is hard. Yes, very there's, hard. There's no two ways about it. <laughs> so with the recruiters that you've worked with, whether they've been in-house or staffing side or agency, whatever you'd like to call it, seems to have different names. What what tips would you give them and what advice would you give them for like partnering well with you or partnering well with any of your hiring managers or, or anyone you've worked with, to be honest, to, who's in that role? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm always talking about like an attitude shift, but I'd be curious <laughs> to hear what you think they need. Well, I think we we were lucky with having, uh, well, Ala, um, that you just mentioned yeah. before, um, and another recruiter. Um, they were they really asked a lot of questions at the beginning when they started, like, what is this company about? Um, also had a lot of conversations with the hiring managers. And also, well, it was possible at that time. Uh, they would join a team, just sit there for a couple of days and really feel the atmosphere, ask questions, ask the people within the team. So... Yeah, this curiosity that we look for. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that was super valuable. And what we also, um, what they also brought into, uh, well, our recruitment process that I'm super grateful for is um, first start with a a job profile. So the hiring manager writes it down, they ask questions, but really nail it. um, Mm. So that upfront expectations are clear because so often you just go in and then, yeah, it's a mismatch or it's somebody you know and they did well in a previous company but might not do well in this company. So, yeah, making it uh, uh, expectations more clear, understanding the culture uh, and also challenging us. Uh, We Mm. would have a a lot of discussions and I like that they were not afraid to have those discussions Uh, and to also look from the candidate's point of view. Because we often forget, we look from our own yes. perspective. But <laughs> yeah. what is it like for a candidate, um, this experience? And I think uh, yeah. that they were being honest with us. Uh, yeah, sometimes really revealed how 
we sucked at certain parts of our process. <laughs> yeah. How are you going to learn? But it's funny, there is so much fear. And I think for agency, it's fair enough because it's client, they're concerned about the fee. And, but from in-house as well, it's like you've got to sit up and partner yeah. for exactly what you're saying. How is the company going to improve yeah. and get better at this and treat the humans better through the process, including the hiring manager, because it's both, if they don't push back and they don't ask more questions? Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, and I think... What we also started doing, uh, and I really love that, is to um, also sort of review each other. So I would sit in in an interview process of a colleague uh, and then give feedback like, ooh, you were a bit harsh here or uh, <laughs> why didn't you ask more questions? And I think being so open with each other um, mm. and also being vulnerable because having someone in your interview uh, that's also scary. But I think, yeah, we really yeah. want to do better. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, we need to improve. Yeah, simply as that. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, I will say to people, I entered the recruitment industry in 2003 and I'm really bad at interviewing. <laughs> I can interview this. This is fine. I think but interview as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is fun. Yeah. Whereas if I'm interviewing to hire someone, I'm just like, oh, Iris is lovely. Let's hire Iris. And you mightn't even be right for the role. See, I'm yeah. dreadful. I just go whether I like someone or not. So, yeah, it, it's it's tough. It's it's it, Yeah, it's interesting. But, but I, I love that you said that they can push back. Yeah, but I think it's interesting also what you said, like, that's the danger we see that you often hire in your image. Yeah. And um, yeah, we, we also struggle with that because often um, yeah, we get referrals and um, mm. I'm trying together with my colleague to push more towards hiring somebody who surprises you or who has yeah. a different perspective. Just as I said before, this diversity comes from different points of view, uh, different stories that you bring. And I think mm. we shouldn't be so afraid of uh, the unknown or the uncomfortable. And I'm always looking for a, a person in the interview that they come with something unexpected or uncomfortable and because mm. then you get an interesting dialogue and then things change. Yeah, yeah, and they could be that perfect person to work with because yeah. they'll take the stuff that you're not so great with or True. you can take the stuff they're not so great with and work together. Yeah. So. Yeah. I always think of my virtual assistant when I think of that. She does all that stuff I don't like. <laughs> but it's it, she's like, that's how she compliments. And yeah. I just think sometimes we forget that, don't we? Yeah, yeah. In the day to day, but it's so incredibly important. I love that you keep talking about the, like, the diversity of thought much more than the, you know, because it has become a bit checkbox Well, that's how I feel it? because, yeah, if you see uh, the women, uh, uh, well, I'm generalizing now, but uh, women getting into uh, leadership positions, they often mm. uh, start to act the same as men because that's the behavior mm. that's there. But I believe uh, in a shift of behavior and that could also come from men. Um, yeah, it's mm. not uh, gender bound to me. And I think, yeah, being able to sh- to share freely um, and to communicate freely, yeah, it all boils down to trust. And I think that's mm. where we all need to work on much more. <laughs> yeah, Bit more vulnerability, bit yeah. more trust, bit more empathy and compassion. Yeah. And actually, if you look at how, grossly generalizing as well, but if you look at how the female leaders have dealt with this pandemic in comparison. True. Yeah. We're right. We should stay in our feminine and not, because we do adopt the, it's funny we do that, don't we? Yeah. I've stayed away from leadership for that reason. Or <laughs> I'm probably a bit too honest. Well, I'm the same. <laughs> I probably offend a few people. <laughs> I know there's a few listeners going, uh-huh. <laughs> You've met me in person when I'm being very Australian and not being very British. <laughs> yeah, but it's also a thing. Like, um, if you are in a in a room of men, or a room with men, and you are being too uh, 
straightforward or honest and yeah, mm. you're being seen as the bitch. Um, yeah. So yeah, finding your own voice and staying true to yourself. I think, well, everyone should do that, but I think that's where I struggled. Yeah. The most in my career, like, yeah, not trying to play a role or going along with the boys, so to say, mm. but uh, yeah, staying me. And I think I'm getting more and more that voice back. But, um, used to have because you found the right role in the right company exactly and also there was room for me there was trust in me um to be able to perform that role so that feels also very safe uh, to have that yeah trust put upon you yeah from others but also yourself also myself you trusted yourself that it was i I always call it the sit-up energy when you find that job that makes you go i want to do that you're sitting up and buzzing that's the job you want that that's exactly. the career direction to go, the follow that buzz set yeah. up. But that's really, really sage advice as well, isn't it? Because we've been talking about it a lot because of the events that have been going on in London, which are just heartbreaking. And there's, I think it's actually happening quite globally. There's a lot of women up in arms, certainly happening in Australia as well. But that thing of, oh, you're being a bitch or you're being emotional, whatever, I actually think just hold your ground. Yeah. And then you know, perhaps you need to find a different team, a different company, a different where you are valued for having an opinion. Exactly. Um, yeah. And just as long as you back your opinion up with data or facts or, you know, yeah. so it isn't an emotional meltdown. <laughs> but it is tough. It is tough. Um, did you have anything that you wanted to share that you haven't got to say that you think, oh, sure, I was I was so going to say this and Katrina asked me a completely different question because she's annoying like <laughs> No, I very much enjoyed the conversation and I think it's super valuable to keep this topic uh, top of mind. And um, yeah, I think having all these different perspectives, uh, learning from each other, yeah, I think that's going to help us uh, yeah. eventually get there. So yeah, keep doing what you do. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I love it. I know I'm so grateful. I and mean, it was a really nerve wracking doing the first one of these. Oh my goodness, I'm going to interview hiring managers. Like I've <laughs> never talked with them before in my life, but yeah, but it's been so eye opening. I mean, I've been, as I said, in the industry since 2003 and I'm learning so much every yeah. single time. Yeah. And I just think if everybody just shares this to their hiring leaders, I mean, imagine the difference it could create and the impact. Yeah, and, and I it's see. Like, oh, you mean I'm meant to give the candidate time to talk? Uh, yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> like things like that. Yeah, but I see a movement. I really feel that yeah, recruiters or well, uh, hiring uh, people. <laughs> to put yeah, them in a boat. everyone that's involved in hiring. Exactly. But <laughs> I, I really feel that they can add so much value, but there is already uh, this shift in them. And also because they communicate so much with different people, I feel mm. they are, yeah, sponging up what's happening in the world and the needs that yeah. there are there. So, yeah, I, I think it's a very important voice to listen to, and I think they they can have a very big impact uh, if, yeah, the collaboration between the hiring managers in the companies uh, improve mm. even more. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think That's it's. What uh, I want to say. Yeah. Team effort. Exactly. <laughs> because it is. <laughs> it really is. And then. Uh, because fundamentally, it is the people that make the company succeed. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it is. <laughs> there was a big dramatic eye roll in <laughs> as well. I must remember this is a podcast. It's so cool with Zencaster. We can see each other, but it's just a podcast. Um, so if anybody wants to get in touch with you, is LinkedIn the easiest way? If they just yeah, want to LinkedIn say hello? is the easiest way. And uh, yeah, I would love to engage in more conversations with, uh, yeah, with people to, uh, well, teach me more. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you've taught us loads in the last 30 minutes. So thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Katrina. Thank you for listening to the Hiring Partner Perspective Unedited podcast, proudly supported by the people at WorkDrive. 
Hopefully you really enjoyed what you heard and have left feeling inspired. And if so, I would love your help to create real change. Please pass this podcast on to your hiring leaders and other recruiters and HR. Even share it on your social channels if you feel so inclined. But the more reach we can get, the more change we can create. So please remember to subscribe, of course, on your favorite podcast platform. And do come and say hello at Hiring Partner Perspective on Instagram, where I share behind the scenes of what's going on. Until next time, thank you. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.